0: I know you may not hear this a lot, but uh, we love you, and we hope you understand how important and how special it is that you're here. You know, there's probably a hundred things you could be doing today, but you're here with us, and it means a lot. You don't have an easy job. Parenting comes with incredible challenges, and sometimes it's hard to know if you're doing it right, but you should know that being here right now, it's an important part of In the Old Testament, God gave this command. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. These words that I command you today should be on your heart. You should teach them diligently to your children. You should talk of them when you sit in your house or when you're walking down the street. Talk of them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall asleep at night. So what does it mean to be a good father? It means loving God with all of your heart soul, and might, and teaching your kids to do the same. And what an amazing example it is that you're here in the house of God, in the presence of other believers, seeking more of Jesus and worshiping unashamed. The young men and women here see you, the kids are watching, and as they grow, they'll remember and do the same. So thank you, dads. Thank you for your presence and example. We pray that God will bless you today. Renew your spirit and draw you closer to so you can continue to be a shining influence
1: to all those around you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day everybody. We really are glad that you're here with us on this Sunday and we're really happy that everybody's here with us here at Holly Springs. Guys, my name is Clint Williams, I'm the youth pastor. Um, if, we, if you're new here today, we're really happy that you're here with us. If you're here with your dad, or you're here with your family, or if it's just a memory of dad, guys, we just want to celebrate dads today. Um, for those who are here with us, what we do, this, we have every, I think it's every month, if I remember right, we have a family worship, and today is a family worship. If you have a child who's going to be with us today, uh, Miss Krista has little bitty bags like this that have clipboards, coloring sheets, anything like that, and it's in this little bag right here. And so if you want to send your kid to come and grab one of these before the service, that is not a problem at all. And we can be able to have this. That way they can be able to have something. They can have something to play with and do. And Ms. Krista just want to make sure that we have that. Um, guys, we're really excited that you're here. If you're visiting with us, inside of our bulletin, which i got a lot to say about our bulletin today, inside of our bulletin, when you pull out, you can be able to fill out this little sheet and put it in one of our offering boxes. If you are interested in being able to give to Holly Springs, we have offering boxes in the back and in the Welcome Center. Guys, we're really excited that you're here with us. But before we start, we do want to wish our pastor Bobby Smith um, a happy birthday. Uh, we have a little screen up here in the front. Those are those are great old pictures, but. Miss uh, Our secretary, Miss Stephanie, is really proud of this picture that she put in the bulletin. And uh, if you have a bulletin, that's the one that she's really the most proud of. And so she's really excited. Uh, I think her and Ashley planned this out all week long. They were talking, texting about each other and asking each other, what should we, what should we put? What picture can we put in there? So it's really been great. Um, what will we do? Uh, Bob, you've been uh, so trem- tremendous to so many people. You're awesome for this church, and we love you without a doubt. So thank you so much. Uh, they wanted me to sing happy birthday, but I promised them I wouldn't do that. Hey, guys, let me pray with us before we can start. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. God, I pray, God, that we can honor you in all the things that we do. That, God, that you are the thing that we pursue, that you're the reason why we're here. That, God, that all glory be given to you everywhere we go and everything that we do. Lord, I pray, Lord, for this church. I pray, Lord, that we can be a beacon to this community. But, God, I pray, Lord, that we can be able to just grow closer to Jesus every single day. Lord, let us worship you now. All the shouts of praise, let it, let, it, let it be pleasing to your ear. And God, I pray, God, that we can just sing a good song. In your name we pray. Amen.
2: All right, let's stand together and honor him. Mercy never fails me In all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God Sing all my life through the fire in darkest night you were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God Yes, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will
3: sing
2: of the goodness of God. Amen. wisdom Great thou how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Oh God, you truly are great. God, you're infinitely good, infinitely wise, infinitely strong. And God, it's in you that we find your infinite blood that goes on and on covers our sin. And God, help us to just bask in your goodness in this moment. Help us to not ignore your Spirit's call for us to come in and worship you, God. God, help us to honor you with everything that we do, in our word, in our deed, in our thoughts, God this moment is all about you not about us jesus name amen
4: thank you so good to see you here this morning thankful for jason in leading us in worship what a great morning it is to celebrate dads happy father's day to all the dads that are here with us we'll celebrate you uh, again here at the end of the service Uh, I struggle a little bit because um, I have so many moms and and women who come up to me and say, Happy Father's Day, and I want to turn right back to them and go, Well, Happy Father's Day to you, too, and that doesn't work. So, um, anyhow, we got to celebrate moms a few weeks ago, so today we celebrate dads. If you have your Bibles, will you take them and turn to the book of 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings. We're going to look at the life of David, we're going to talk about fathers, we're going to talk about the last words that really came out of David's mouth as he was uh, dying and we'll talk about that in just a second let me kind of bring you up to speed like I do every week as quickly as I can so you don't get bogged down and we don't get bogged down in reviewing the last weeks but we're in sermon nine this morning so the last eight weeks we've looked about how we don't want to let the world squeeze us into its mold how we're going to speak the truth and love. How we don't believe in moralistic therapeutic deism, how it's incredibly important for us to practice godly parenting by being godly examples to our children. We're going to really focus on dads with that this morning. The Bible is the truth without any mixture of error. We talked about that. In Sermon 6, we looked at the importance of being faithful to the church and to discipleship that the church teaches. Sermon 7, we looked at how those of us who are married can use our marriages to fight back against the culture, and then in Sermon 8, we visited about how families can push back uh, against the culture, and this morning, like I told you just a few seconds ago, we're going to talk about how fathers can push back against the cultures and how fathers can lead our families well, our our wives and our children well, uh, to be able to push back against the culture. Again, I told you last week, and I'll remind you again, we're coming to the end. Over the next couple of weeks, my plan is to share with you just kind of an overview and about how we are really going and coming to a place in the church's life where you're going to have to kind of cut yourself out. You and I, who call ourselves believers, we're going to face a world that is really going into battle against us, and we're going to almost have to draw battle lines. For years and years and years, we did not really have to do that, especially living in the country that we live in. We, I really believe that there wasn't any really antagonism or, or much uh, hatred, if you want to use that strong of a term, against those of us who believe what we believe and uh, who practice our faith and who believe what scripture teaches but I think those days are coming to an end it makes me very sad for my children and even more worried about my grandchildren now uh, that we're coming to a place in time where I think we're really gonna have to draw some lines and where uh, uh, it's going to be kind of a a, a battle even the scripture talks about that and uh, we're going to be a persecuted uh, people more than we've ever been. Uh, those of you who have never had the privilege of traveling out of the country uh, probably have really never experienced or really ever thought about the possibility or the option of being persecuted for your faith. Uh, we know we've read about it in the scripture. Uh, we know if you've traveled out of the country and we have witnessed it uh, in person, I have had that uh Opportunity, if you want to call it that, uh, to see and be in countries where you can get in trouble for your faith. I've shared with you that before that uh, Laura and I have been in communist countries, and there's even some of our church family who have gone with us into those communist countries where if you were to talk about your faith openly, you would be persecuted for it. Uh, We have missionaries that we support right now that are. Or in a country that if we were to tell that country or if that country w- was to find out what those uh, missionaries are actually doing, what they're really trying to do, which is to lead people to Christ and disciple them, uh, to make them strong believers so that they would lead other people to Christ. If they found out that they were doing that, they would be kicked out of the country and and never allowed back in again. So, um I'm telling you that because what is being witnessed in countries around us is coming to our country. And I I believe that. It breaks my heart. But you can't help if you stay in touch with the way things are going in our culture to understand that that's where we are going. And it's going to cause us to really have to draw some lines in the sand. I've, I've started every uh, Sunday sermon with at least one sometimes two examples of just how the culture is push, pushing against us uh, let me go ahead and, and do that uh, with you again this morning a couple of examples and I'm going to be an equal opportunity uh, person this morning I'm going to talk about uh, one outside the church and one that was inside the church so, Let me share with you, this is one of the articles I read. It says, it's a sign of our times, Uh, in a sign of our times. uh, uh, What was once shocking is becoming less so every day. For example, a Scottish teachers union, this is in Scotland, is promoting a play depicting Jesus Christ as transgender in celebration of Pride Month. They're calling the play the Gospel According to to Jesus, the Queen of Heaven. And it's evoked protest everywhere it's been performed, but supporters insist they're not going to stop doing this play. Again, equal opportunity offender. Uh, The Catholic Church, uh, one of uh, the churches that is prominent all around the world, um, had a a sister, a nun, Sister Mary Margaret Crooper. When she was 18 years old, she took vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience like every nun does. She spent the next 59 years of her life dedicated to the Roman Catholic Church. And in 1990, she became the principal of St. James Catholic School. Continuing in this role for 28 years, she served as the principal of St. James Catholic School. And when she retired in 2018, the Archdiocese decided that they probably needed to conduct a financial review of the school as they were bringing in a new principal. And when they conducted that financial review, they discovered that Sister Margaret had embezzled $835,339 over the course of 10 years. Federal prosecutors said she used the money to gamble. <laughs> she pleaded guilty and she's cooperating with the authorities. Her lawyers told the Washington Post that later in life she's been suffering from a mental illness that clouded her judgment and caused her to do something that she otherwise would not have done. That's true. <laughs> oh my. Those things always rock my world, and then we turn right to the Bible. So anyhow, look at 1 Kings chapter 2. So dads, how do we lead our families well? And believe me, this sermon is just me talking to myself, and dads, you getting here, and moms, you getting to be cheerleaders, wives, you getting to be cheerleaders, ladies, you getting to be cheerleaders. For those dads that you know or those Husbands that you live with and those fathers that you um, know so well. And my desire would be that if you are a woman with us today, that you would be a cheerleader for the fathers that you know and the husbands that you're married to and the dads that you know. When you look at this passage, what you're going to find is David's charge to Solomon. And listen to what he says. Uh, starting with verse 2. And this could be kind of morbid. You don't have to look at it because this is reality for all of us. I'll share with you about that in just a second. But it says, When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. So here's David talking to his son, and he realizes that his time on this earth is about to end. In verse 2 he says this, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. And this is David saying, we're all going to die. And it's about to happen to me. And so, come here Solomon, let me talk to you. And this is what he said to Solomon. Be strong. Show yourself a man. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways. And keep his decrees and commands. His laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses so that you may prosper in all that you do and where you go and that the Lord may keep His promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. What incredibly powerful four verses speaking to fathers. I want to clear one thing up right here at the beginning. When you look at that word where it says in the middle of the passage, walk in his ways, keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper. This is not a financial prosper. This is a blessing prosper. If we follow the Lord and chase after the law and we are godly examples to our children, then what David is saying to his son Solomon and what I hopefully am saying to my children and what you fathers are hopefully saying to your children and what God promised us in Scripture is that our children will be blessed. Now, none of my children will be the king of Israel. None of your children will be the king of Israel either or will rule over Israel. But the passage comes to the understanding that if we lead our children well and pass that faith heritage on to our children, then one day they will pass that faith heritage on to their children and we will have godly children after godly children after godly children. Let me talk to you about this word where it says that he gives a charge and he tells them to be strong and show themselves to be men and what does the Lord require of us. There's that understanding that David is passing on to his son Solomon responsibility. You, you have a responsibility in your life, and that responsibility simply stated is the burden or obligation to complete some action or work. Now, when I would give my children responsibilities, I would be a dad much like you have been a dad to your children and like my dad was to me. If he told me to go mow the yard, it wasn't go mow half the yard. It was to complete the task, to do it until everything was done. If your children are like my children, you know, and I'm sure like I was, it was mow the yard and then come inside. But wait a second, you're not done yet. You still got a weedy and you still have to blow. There's a lot of things that you have to do before we can say this job is all done. And that's what David is saying to Solomon here, he's saying, look, you have to become a godly father and you have to have responsibility. And in that responsibility, it's not just one thing or two things, but it's doing everything to complete the task, even to the utmost, being completely responsible for your family. I I wrote down this. Being a godly father means leading them according to God's word, to God's will, and to God's ways. Listen, we don't want our children being expert in the word, but not expert in his ways and not experts in his will. We want our children to be godly, well-rounded people, Many a dad has left his family lacking because he led them into the world, but not into the Word. Now there's all kinds of places here in this message to you this morning where I can get myself in trouble, and I completely understand that, and I'm willing to risk that because I know that I'm preaching to myself too because I realize that when I was young, a young father, and I was watching my children grow up, there was a lot of things that I wanted to make sure they got worldly right, and I'm not so sure that I was as interested in making sure that they understood God's word correctly. A great example for me, and Evan's here this morning, and he'd be the, the first one to tell you that we love watching him play baseball. and And... It was a joy for us. Uh, and, and hear me say this correctly and hear me say this without any embarrassment. I think baseball was a wonderful gift to Evan. I, I think it taught him so much about teamwork. I, I think it taught him so much about winning. I think it taught him a lot about losing. I, I think it taught him so much. But I think there's a tendency with baseball, basketball, you name it, uh, fishing, hunting, whatever you want to call it, Dad, whatever your hobby is. For me, it's flying. I have told you that. You can get so wrapped up in, in the joy of what is the world, baseball, football, uh, hunting, fishing, flying. You can get so wrapped up in that that you want to teach them all about that world, but then the question has to be asked of yourself, are you teaching and loving the Word as much as you're loving teaching them about the world? And again, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm the dad that was sitting behind the backstop, and you can ask Evan this after the, the sermon is over because he was frustrated with me multiple times, because I would not call his name. I didn't want to embarrass him that way, but I did a whistle. So I would be behind the dugout, and he would be pitching, and he would throw a pitch, and it might be what he thought was a strike, but the umpire didn't call it a strike, and he would get frustrated, and I would go, <laughs> like that. And he would look at me, And the eyes would get that big, and then I would feel this burning, blazing hole in my heart, like, why don't you just shut up, you know? And I would go, no, no, leave the umpire alone. Pitch, come on, you can do it. And I was doing those kinds of things. I was being a dad, you know? I I didn't see a whole lot wrong with it, and you probably don't see a whole lot wrong with it. And now we all look back and laugh at it, and... It's okay. It's okay. Evan finished his baseball career in high school. He was a great athlete. But I've always wondered, and I I think I did okay, but I've always wondered, did I pour as much into his life about how much I love God as compared to how much I love watching him play baseball? And it's not just baseball, hear me say that, don't get all locked into me if you love playing baseball, because I love playing baseball, i told you all the good things about baseball. But it, you just take it and extrapolate it to whatever you do with your children, whether it's fishing, hunting, flying, you name it. Dads, you have to look at yourself. know he's about to die. Listen, Dad, every dad that's in here, every dad that can hear me, every dad that's watching online this morning, I got some news for you. You're going to die. There's a hundred percent chance. I can't promise you anything else about your life, but I can a hundred percent promise you that you are going to die. Nobody wants to hear that on Father's Day. What a Horrible sermon this guy's preaching, I understand that. But if you can buy into that, if you can believe that, if you can begin to understand that we're just here for a short amount of time, then the question becomes to you and me, will we become more entrenched in teaching our children biblical truth? Hey, even since studying this text, preparing for this day, I wanted to make some changes in my life. I, I'm not—I <laughs> just turned 65. We just looked at stupid pictures of me. We know, you know, that I used to look pretty decent, and it's going downhill quick. You can see that in my life. So, if if I'm not going to be here forever, how can I prepare myself? to better serve my family and my children. Look, we've all, or hopefully you've done this. Uh, Laura and I have wills. Uh, we've, we've, done, we've prepared as best we can financially for our children. We've taught our children. Evan mows the yard incredibly well now. He takes great care of his yard. I taught him how to do that. He, he is a ten times better dad with his young children than I ever was. When I watch him around his kids, I flip out about how good a father he is. But the question is, how well did I teach him to become a godly father? Part of being ready for this final earthly chapter and making sure our families are ready is twofold. we got to make sure they have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and then they have we have to make sure that they're living out their faith in such a way that they're an example to their family and to the world that they live in. Listen, the resolve of a Father is founded in these two verses or these few verses. The one verse where David charges Solomon, he commands him or he commissions him. What what does that mean? Well, one part. Of the word means that he he lays upon Solomon the mantle you know my dad never did that with me he really never said you know hey I'm coming to the end of my life uh, but I'm laying the mantle onto you Um, but of all the things yesterday that happened to me on my birthday and Trust me, I, I had a crazy whirlwind birthday. I, I was not expecting it at all. In fact, what I was planning to do on my birthday was come up here and help Greg and Gary and Clint and other people lay this floor, that this beautiful floor that you see starting to come back out this way. But on Friday night, Evan and Kristen and my two grandsons surprised me, came in, and then they started telling me what my Saturday was going to look like. And it was booked from sunup to sundown. I I finally last night about 9:45 I I went over to Laura and said I'm 65 years old. I gotta go to bed. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and she said, Go ahead, go to bed. We're done with you. And so uh, I I I went to bed. But before I went to bed, uh, Laura brought out a computer. And over the last month or two, Laura has been taking all the uh, <laughs> if you're my age you get this all the crummy vhs tapes and eight millimeter and all those ginormous cameras when we were young parents that we carried around and did she she had all those sent off to a company and they were all digitized and put onto a uh, computer so we could watch them on computer and sh- we have hours of it i think it's going to be my torture for the next few years to have to watch hours and hours of that stuff uh... but uh... she wanted to show me one thing and what she did was she brought in the computer and uh... she flipped it up and and showed me and i do not remember this i don't know that i was there i don't know that i have ever seen this before but she videoed my dad uh... talking to me of all things and uh... I, I don't know what the questions were. It, it just kind of overwhelmed me at the moment. And she showed it to me for a few moments. But he said, uh, I know one thing. He said, I passed on a love of flying to my son. And he said, I'm so glad that Bobby loves to fly as much as I love to fly. And then he talked about uh how he always thought I was going to go into the military and become a pilot. And he said, uh, we thought Bobby was going to be a pilot because he loves to fly so much, but uh, the Lord called him into the ministry. And he said, we are so proud that he's in the ministry. And his mom was so proud that he had gone into the ministry. And even as much as he loves to fly, we're just thankful that he's in the ministry, that he's a believer, and that he's passing that down to his children. Boy, I thought, my gosh, that's just what I want to preach this morning. That's the exact passage that that I wanted to share with my family at Holly Springs that I love so much is, is exactly... What my dad did for me, I've told you this before, but my dad really is the one who started kind of the faith heritage in our family. and All my family now is passing that down to their children. It's exactly what you see here with David charging Solomon. It's funny, I, I read that dear Abby said, if you want your children to keep their feet on the ground, put some responsibility on their shoulders. And that's what my dad did with me. I mean, he he put responsibility on me. Listen to what Booker T. Washington said. Few things help an individual more than to place responsibility on them and and let them know that you trust them with it. When when I was reading that passage, I thought about, or, or that statement from Booker T. Washington, I thought about the staff that we have here. I thought about everyone, Jason and and Clint and uh, Gary and Anna and Krista and Stephanie. I, I thought about everybody that is in a ministry position at this church. And I thought about how we can trust each other and how we put responsibility on each one of them and and we trust them carry on that responsibility. When I woke up yesterday morning and found out that my whole day was booked, I started immediately feeling guilty about not being down here. But one thing that I did not feel was, boy, if I don't show up, it's something's not going to happen. Because I knew stuff would happen. Because I trust the people that are here. Uh, Clint texted me friday or thursday or we were talking on the phone i don't remember somehow we were talking about some of this stuff and some of the stuff that needed to get done and he said it's your birthday don't come we got this covered and i said clint i need to be there and he said you don't need to be there and found out you know what i don't need to be here because i've got some incredible people and we have some incredible people that serve us at this church Listen, I want to share with you just a couple more things and then I'll be done. Listen to, to what I, I want you to hear. David, in, in, in his imploring Solomon, his, him giving him a charge, him commissioning him with this responsibility, is showing what his heart is. David's heart was not what sports team his son was going to root for or how much money Solomon might make or how important or popular Solomon was going to become. David's heart was for Solomon's spiritual heart. That's what he was interested in. Solomon, do you trust Jesus? Do you love Jesus? I I know this is Old Testament, but just you understand what I'm talking about. Do you follow Jesus? Will you teach your children about Jesus like I have taught you about Jesus? Listen, don't don't get mad at me. You can ignore this message or you can hear this message. But don't get mad at me. I'm just the messenger. I'm just showing you what the Scripture says that that we're supposed to do as fathers. Father's. Listen, I, I love this. I, I read this the other day, and I, I thought, how can I put this into my own words? And then I realized, I can't put this into my own words. I'm just going to teach you and read to you what Robert Lewis, who wrote a book called Men's Fraternity, said. It just really, really hits the nail on the head about men. Listen, men. A man rejects passivity. He accepts Responsibility, He leads courageously, and he expects God's greater reward. Remember, not the prosperity reward, but the blessing of God. A real man is one that has set aside his agenda of the world for God's agenda. He has realized what he is not and what God is. He embraces the truth that God called him. First, to daily, personal, and deeply spiritual walk with him. Why? Because the eternal destination and spiritual condition of his family, listen to me, this is scriptural, are his responsibility. A real man, I love this, listen, a real man... Is a godly man who's neither a bully or a bum. Oh man, will you listen to that? A real man is a godly man who is neither a bully or a bum, a dictator or a doormat, a dummy or a smart aleck. A real man is one who knows from where his strength comes. He is keenly aware of his personal responsibility and he possesses the resolve to lead his children into the role of becoming godly men and godly women. And listen to this last sentence. Becoming a real man only happens when that man knows Jesus. This is probably the sentence that's going to get me in trouble, especially in the beautiful, deep East Texas place that I call home and that I love and that I've spent all my life in. But listen to me. This is what I want to to close with. The greater need that we all have, especially when you look at what David told Solomon about teaching his Family and then their family teaching their family to walk in God's ways, to keep God's decrees, and to keep his commands. Listen to this. The greater need that we all have is for godly men who will lead their children to become godly children. I know I told you I'm going to get in trouble this, but I'm going to risk it. There's a difference between being good old boys and godly boys. There's a difference. I want our boys to be good old boys. Nothing better than teaching our boys to drive a zero turn, teaching them to cast a line into a lake. Nothing better than teaching our children how to fly how to hit a baseball, nothing better than that. And we can make them good old boys. I want our boys to be good old boys. But if we don't teach our boys to be good old men, to be good godly boys that will become good godly men, then the culture is going to win out and beat us down. And the most important thing that we can ever do for our children is not only to teach them to be good old children, but to teach them to be godly children. Boy, I hope you have heard me say that with the compassion that I feel when I want us all to teach our children to be good, godly children. But I hope you hear it in the love that I'm telling you that with, because there's nothing more important than we can ever do than to teach our children to become good, godly children. Jason, you come on up here and let's close out again with worship. As they're they're coming up here, let me tell you guys one of the greatest memories I have is listening to... uh, a guy named Francis Chan tell a story one time about teaching his children. Francis Chan is an author that I really admire and he's written lots of great books. One of the greatest books he ever wrote was a book called Crazy Love. If you've never read it, I implore you to read it. It's an easy read. You would love it uh, and it will rock your world. It certainly rocked mine. One of the stories that he tells in Crazy Love is the story of uh, him being a father and how that relates to being a godly father. <clears throat> he tells the story one time, and they had multiple children. I don't know how many, I think they had their own biological and adopted children, but they had a lot of children, they were living in a small house, but it had a, a place where uh, the, the child could get out on the roof of, of kind of a second story, and kind of crawl out onto the roof and uh, sure enough one of their little boys, four or five year old boys had gotten out on the roof and they were out in the yard doing stuff and uh, Francis said that uh, his wife turned around and saw their son up on the roof and she screamed like only a mother can scream and uh, Francis Chan said he turned and went what's going on and she said look And and he looked and he said, my son was standing on the roof and there was about a 10 to 12 foot drop off. Way too dangerous. I mean, mom's scream was correct. Uh, Every mom would have screamed at that. And so mom began to do what every mom probably would do. She called out his name and said, now very carefully, turn back around, go back to that window and crawl back in that window so that you'll be safe I'm going to send your big sister in she's going to come into the room and when you crawl back into that window she'll grab you and Francis turned and grabbed his wife he says in the book and he says no 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 wait a minute and he turns up to his son and says hey I'm here Your dad's here. Your dad's ready to catch you. Jump. And the mom went, what? Have you lost your mind? And Francis said, no. We're going to teach you. And so the son, realizing that he'd kind of gotten himself in a pickle, was kind of scared because it was a long ways down. But he was kind of scared to go back to the window, too. He really didn't know what to do. They said he kind of stood there frozen like we all do when we get ourselves in a bind. And Francis talked to him and said, I'm your dad. I love you and I promise you I will catch you if you will jump off that roof into my arms. Sure enough, after a few seconds of hesitation, the little boy just let go and he jumped for his dad and his dad caught him and grabbed him hugged him and Francis said I love you you can always trust me and then Francis said then I told him I'm just your dad you can trust me but you have a father in heaven that loves you a thousand times more than I will ever love you and you can Always trust Him. Well, that's the kind of father we serve. And that's the kind of father who taught his son a good old boy lesson, but a godly lesson too. And that's the kind of father I want to be. I hope that's the kind of father you want to be. Because one day, you and I are going to be just like David. We're going to be coming to the end of our life. I watch my dad when he came to the end of his life, he was sitting in his lazy boy. And I asked him, we just built, a, uh, they'd just come in and put a hospital bed in for him in our bedroom because he was passing, we knew it was coming. And they had built that hospital bed for him and I said, Dad, do you want to get into the bed? And he said, no. He said, I just want to sit here for a little while longer. And I turned and walked out of the room. And the the nurse that was sitting with him screamed. And I turned around and walked back in, and I saw my dad leave this world and go to glory. And I'm telling you, we're all going to have that day in our lives. But the question is, will we be like David? Will we talk to our children about the godly heritage that we want them to take with us for the rest of their lives and pass on to their children let's pray heavenly father we are so thankful for the example that you have given us in the scripture of david and solomon and what it means to be a godly father now father as we come to this time where we worship you again father may we just sing to you may we worship you may you hear the sound of our voices loving you. And Father, my prayer today is for the men here that are worshiping with us today, whether they're here in person, whether they're watching us online. Father, may you make us godly men who pass on godly heritages to our children. Father, we love you and we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jason is going to lead us again as we worship together. The, the Father, it's your chance just to have a moment to reflect on whatever the Lord's been talking to you about today. Whether you need to come to the front and pray or whether you need to pray where you are or whether you need to visit with somebody, this is your chance to respond as we stand together and as we sing with Jason. Sim, Just give us a quick update with your cool dad tie on there. Uh, Let Gary give you a a quick update on on our remodel. You can see uh, there's lots of miracles that are happening. One of the miracles is is that we have not had to leave this auditorium uh, to worship. So that's just a blessing in and of itself. Uh, You would not believe the people, or I should say the couple maybe, that worked really hard to make sure that you had clean seats to sit in today and a clean carpet and some stuff like that. But I'll let Gary catch up real quick. Yeah,
5: so don't be jealous. It's rocking it. (laughs) Um, Man, first of all, there's a, a, as Bobby just mentioned, a massive thank you to a lot of people who have, have sacrificed a lot in the last few weeks just to get to where we are right now. And seriously, if you had come in yesterday and sat in one of these chairs, you would have gotten in your car and had a nice, print on your seat uh, it was it was that dusty and so we're, we're grateful so here's where we are um, we are about three quarters of the way done with the stage and the flooring and um, working going to work this next week on getting the rest of that in uh, we are still waiting the rock that we ordered that's going to go across the front is on back order and so we're hoping this week that that will be in as well and we'll be able to start installing that and, and then our, one of the last parts as we work our way forward is cutting out another section of this carpet, and the flooring that you see on the stage is going to be out in front of the, the stage as well, creating an area for us to uh, do baptisms, uh, do all of those types of things. The baptistry has been ordered. Uh, it's a, a portable baptistry. It's on its way, Um hopefully be here in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, as we have some uh, who are ready to be baptized, and we want to we honor that and, and be a, a part of that. And so even this next week, um, we are working on the back part of our stage. Uh, there's, there's some designs that are out, and we have pictures of that kind of stuff. If you'd like to see it, we can definitely show you kind of what that's going to look like. It's just kind of a mock-up of what that'll be. Um, but Jason um, and, and some others are finishing up electrical stuff this week on the stage. And so there's, there's a lot happening. Uh, there's still a lot to go, though. We still got to hang the screens, hang the cross. Um, we're still working on some audio stuff. Um, the, there's just some other things that we're, we're trying to to finish up and, and finish well. And, and I guess really just hopefully as we started this project, we didn't really have a time frame of, of when it was going to be completed. Uh, We just kept assuring Bobby that it'll get done, it'll get done, it'll get done, and it's coming. And so we're about three weeks in. This is the third week. Uh, As crazy as that sounds, it feels like it's been like two months, but it's only been three weeks. And I'm projecting, don't hold me to it, maybe a couple more weeks and and things will hopefully be wrapped up and buttoned up and all the things that we need to get done,
4: done. So share with them a little bit too, and I promise I won't keep you long. Uh, but share with him just for a second about financially, kind of how we have gotten to this place, and in, in a little bit more because yeah. I, I don't want to be the guy that's asking for money. I want to let him do it. So yeah, it's strange. It. Yeah, I'll be the <laughs> bad guy. Yeah, it's my birthday. I don't need it. Yeah, year. your birthday
5: was yesterday. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, so. Uh, you, you've heard the story. Let me just kind of catch you up really quick. God is just amazingly blessed um, what, what's begun. We literally, we, we sat in staff meeting uh, four weeks ago at this point, and we just began the process of, look, it's really difficult to, to set up the baptistry. Um, it, the, the door that was on the baptistry literally weighed about 500 pounds, took three guys to lift it. The water that was happening every time somebody came out was beginning to warp the floor, like all these types of things. So in staff, we just began to go. It's, it's difficult to move around the sound system. We need to go down to one level of the stage. So we came in, we began to just brainstorm and, and talk. A lot of this was already in the works from a year and a half ago when we began this process pre-COVID. And then COVID hit and we just stopped it. And four weeks ago, we said, we can't stop it. we got to do it. we got to move forward. Um, the walls needed drywall. All those types of things began to happen. And so we left that staff meeting. Uh, there was a conversation that happened. And um, the next day, $15,000 was gifted to the church from someone who doesn't even go here. Uh, the next few days, another 1000 came in from somebody who didn't go here. Um, things began to just kind of snowball and so we just said look we're gonna start um, Memorial Day weekend yes. Is that right I always get those weekends mixed. Memorial Day weekend this was a horrible weekend to start a project but it was amazing because we had incredible amount of people and so since then uh, there's been another 13,000 come in uh, somebody has has paid for the baptistry which was another three or four thousand dollars somebody else uh, a lot of the flooring has been gifted. The rock has been gifted. Like, so there are thousands upon thousands of dollars of, that has been gifted to this project from people that don't even go here. And so what we began to discuss was, as a church, how do we, how do we walk through that process of, of saying, you know what, we've had almost 20000 at this point given to a project by people that, that don't even worship in this facility. And so where we're coming to you and saying, hey, what if, what if as a church, we took on the mindset, let's, let's match this. Let's pay it forward. Let's, let's begin the process of us as a body of, of believers that worship here at Holly Springs, giving back to this project and, and completing everything that we know needs to be completed. Um, we have a, a, about a 25 is our estimate-year-old sound system um, that is, is great, but at any moment could just completely go out. And so we're not, we're not relying on that. We're not, we're not standing before you going, hey, by next week we need new speakers, but the reality is we need new speakers. We need new amps to go with those speakers. There's just a, a lot of those types of things. But, but what you see here um, in terms of money right now, we have about 16, um, almost 17,000 left from what's been brought in and there's, there's still a lot that's going to go out um, in terms of, of paying out a few things. But but that's about where we sit right now in terms of money that's come in, um, even money that's been received from our church specifically, and, and kind of where we're sitting financially. So is that all that clear? Does that make yeah, sense?
4: All right. that's great. Thank you. So here's how you can give. Obviously, we still need your tithes and offerings to keep doing our monthly things that just we do every month and every year but we also would love for you to help pay it forward as being a part of this project and so we're not going to hammer you over the next month or two please give please give but what we're trying to do is get it done in june and so in june or july like gary said this project is going to be done and we're not going to talk about it anymore and so if you can give a gift you know you just need to mark it separately and put it toward the remodel and we'll make sure that that gift goes toward the remodel and will help us uh... be all finished and be able to worship and uh... i am looking forward to what our plan is and this is where i'm going to kind of hold gary's feet to the fire is coming to the end of july we're going to have a big celebration uh... worship and rededication of the sanctuary in here and it will be the sunday when everything's done is what we're hoping and. We'll celebrate with communion. We'll celebrate with baptism in a portable, new portable baptistry. And we'll dedicate this building to the glory of God for the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years, whatever he gives us before uh, somebody else way after me decides to remodel it again. So uh, we're looking forward to that. It'll be great. Let me tell you this exciting news too, right? After that, we're going to have a Sunday morning service in the new sanctuary where we'll uh ordain new deacons into our deacon body too. So it's lots of great things happening here and I can't wait to share them with you. One of the great things I want to share with you this morning is just a few weeks ago we had an, a a new member class, new member covenant class and we had several who went through that class and I want to introduce them to you this morning. I'm just going to ask them to stand where they are. Carol Daughtery is in here right there in the back and and she joined with us and then Tanya, where are you Tanya's right here with her daughter Trinity, and then Johnny and Tabitha I saw right here, they joined too, and then Michelle Wilburn joined here too. So all of these sweet friends have joined our fellowship and so we're thankful for them. I didn't say with Johnny's cold blade and Tennyson, so we've got the whole crew here. So we're excited for all that. And so I'm just so thankful to, to God for them. So thank y'all very much for being a part of our fellowship. You guys can sit down. We're going to close. Anything else? Did, were you looking at me or saying something? Nothing else? We're going to close this morning with a benediction. That's a video benediction to all our fathers. So will you watch the screen, please?
6: And now, as you go into your world. may love you, God loves May you find your identity in being a son of the only perfect father. May you make it impossible, make it impossible for your daughters to ever find a husband as good as their dad. May you teach your children that their mother is the most beautiful woman alive. She's really pretty. May you risk more, worry less, and play hard. May you lead your family, not as a king, but as a servant, who protects their hearts. Protects their hearts. May you laugh at the little things, the little things. And finally, may you lay down your life for your family, and may you introduce them to a God, to a God that's already done that exact thing. We hope that you have a great day today. Great day today. Have a great day today. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day.
5: All right. So sorry. This is not about the reno, I promise. But in the midst of the reno, there is an amazing thing happening this week. Children's camp. Uh, We leave Wednesday, and there are 30 31 kids and five or six adults heading out. So if you will, be praying for them. We're heading to Piney Woods on Wednesday and be back Saturday. Uh, Pray for the adults. It's hot outside, and we are going to have a lot of fun, but be praying for that team and uh, the children as they go. Thanks. Happy Father's Day.